Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Praise God. That was funny. I was standing and I hear the phone dinging and buzzing. I actually thought it was like somebody's phone. And then I realized, oh, that's the bumper video. Because <laughs> I didn't get, I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to hear the or see the video. Well, good morning, everybody. You know, God is good. Amen? And therefore, he is worthy of what? Our praise, but what else? What honor? So, what is the first half of our vision statement? To honor God, Amen. But we all know that we carry around something with us that is perennially resistant to honoring God. And what what do you think that is? It's our flesh, right? In fact, the word says that our flesh is resistant to the word of God. And it says that if we act and walk in the flesh, we cannot honor God. We can't obey God. It is impossible. So today's message is about honoring God. But I'm going to be going through some scriptures out of Malachi, continuing on from uh, where Pastor Mark left off last week. And there, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's some heavy verses. All right, But I want to set it up first so that when we're reading through it, we're covered by the grace that, that Jesus has bought for us on the cross. Because he's the one who has fulfilled what is now what we understand to be the new covenant. And I want you to understand that when I read through this set of scriptures, that this falls under the old covenant. And so before we get started... Uh, again, sorry if I didn't introduce myself. I'm, my name is Chris. I'm one of the leaders here at Life in the Sun. And I just want to give honor to uh, uh, Pastor Mark and Terry for uh, providing the opportunity to speak this morning. So if I could pray real quick, uh, that would be awesome. Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and, and we give you this, this time. Lord, I pray that the words that I speak are yours and not my own. I pray that everything that is said here today, Lord God, that it pierces the hearts that need to be, need to be pierced. I pray that it, it, uh, it comforts those that need to be comforted, and I pray that it teaches those who need to be taught. Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today we're talking about honor. And so with Without any further ado, there's several uh, scriptures that I need to kind of go through. And I just, I, I also want to make the caveat that these are abbreviated. Because if I would have put everything, uh, we, we could have been spending the next 15 minutes reading scripture. But uh, I did feel that the Lord wanted me to cover specific aspects of each one of these verses. So, uh, and I was sharing with Mark and some of the other leaders, you know, as I was reading through these scriptures, you know, they're gut-wrenching. Because what you're going to hear is God's heart. You ever sit down with somebody and, you know, they just pour out their heart to you. And really, this is a glimpse of God pouring out his heart to his people. And actually, I, I retract that. It's to his priests. 
And as you know, under the new covenant, we have been called as his priests, right? So this message is to the priests of Israel under the old covenant. But as we know, God is, is what? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we have been called as priests, we have been called to honor his name. We have been called to represent him. And we have been called to act in such a way that we actually draw people to the cross and not push them away from it. Because the cross is two-sided, right? We know that it cuts us on one side and then it comforts us on the other. So that's what I wanted to set you up with before we read through these scriptures. Uh, and then I'm going to have some, some stuff that I'm going to share on that. So next slide, please. We will begin. The Lord of the heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. You have defiled them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Next slide, please. Go ahead. Beg God to be merciful to you. Why should he show you any favor at all? I am not pleased with you, and I will not accept your offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning until night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name, for my name is great among the nations. Next slide. But as you dishonor my name with your, or but you dishonor my name with your actions, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord, and you turn up your noses at my commands. Next slide. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and make up your minds to honor my name, or I will bring a terrible curse against you. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and that is what I gave them. This required reverence from them, and they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me, living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. But you priests have left God's paths. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in the way that you carry out my instructions. We, are we not all children of the same father? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant of our ancestors? You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning, because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made. You have been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. 
You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight, and he is pleased with them. You have wearied him by asking, where is the God of justice? The messenger of the, of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit and, like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then, once more, the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. Some powerful scriptures, amen? It humbled me when I read these, and it makes me go back and reflect, Lord, where have I dishonored you? And I began to think about how we kind of confuse the difference between honor and obey. And if I might share a, a quick little story, um, I think it was the other day, yesterday or day before, because we're having, you know, we're remodeling the house, right? And so there's like dust and dirt all over the, the floors, and, you know, so we got to keep cleaning it up because they're doing construction and whatnot. And so Cindy was out there cleaning and getting stuff cleaned up out there the best that she could. And she came back in the, in the house, I'm sorry, back into the, into the room because we're like, we're like living in our, our, our bedroom. It's like everything is crammed in there and, you know, the rest of the house is, for the most part, a construction zone. So <laughs> it's really fun. But anyway, the, uh, the, the, the neat thing was she came back in and she plopped herself down on the, we got a little bench at the end of the, of the bed, right? And she sat down and she goes, honey... Can you clean my feet? And I didn't realize this at the time, right? But she was kind of joking. But I, wanna, I want you to, to understand what it means to honor as opposed to obey. I immediately went over, and on the back of our toilet, we got the little, you know, wet wipes, right? So I walked over, grabbed two wet wipes, and knelt down in front of my wife, and I washed her feet. And she giggled because she's like, I didn't really mean it, right? <laughs> you know, and I didn't say, well, you should have told me that before. No, I was honored to wash her feet because she's a gift. She's what God has given to me. And that's a big difference between obey. And what I want to share with you this morning is honor includes obedience, but it also includes many other things because it includes love, admiration, and devotion. And thankfully, we see at the end of these scriptures right here, it is Jesus who has came as a faithful messenger to provide us the power and the ability to honor God this way. How many of us, me included, I'm saying this because it's me too, grew up in Christianity thinking, you know, if you don't obey, you get the rod. God's going to get mad. He's going to bring rain down hellfire and brimstone on your life. And so you're like, okay, okay. But the problem with that is there's no power in that obedience. You're doing it 
because you're scared. You're doing it because you feel obligated. And oftentimes, that type of obedience will always fall short. And so God is calling us to respond to his amazingness, his awesomeness. His, he calls us to revere him and provide him the honor that he deserves based on something real. Amen? We're not talking about just a textbook reaction where God says, you better honor me. And we go, yes, sir. That's not what he's looking for. He's saying, here I am. I display myself before you. I have honored you as my creation. And as we experience his awesomeness, as we experience him in our lives, and we look back and we catalog all the awesome things that God has done for us, the right response is awe and worship and honor and reverence. And that kind of awe and honor and reverence is done in such a way that we can't wait to obey the word of God because we know it brings life. And we've already been trained by then that if I don't honor God, it brings death and decay. And that's what we're going to see in some of the scriptures that I'm going to be sharing with you. And it's also easy to dishonor God when we really don't know him. Right? If, if Cindy, say, was a stranger, like, okay, no, here, I got one for you. Say one of those workers came in, sat down at the, at the end of my bed and said, hey, can you wash my feet? I'd be like, get out of here. <laughs> right? I'm not going to, no way, I don't know you, you know, just get out of my bedroom. But it's different because I know my wife. And that's what God is asking of us. Know me first. I'm not going to, you know, nail you to the cross if you don't know me. I'm going to show you that I nailed myself to the cross so you can know me. It's a big difference. Amen? But we also have to understand that we can also, if there's disobedience in our lives, you got to look at it. You got to understand why is it there? Because we can also get a false sense of security that, hey, I prayed that prayer. I'm good with God. I can continue on and do whatever I want. And again, we're going to read in the scriptures, that's not the case. So if that's not true, now we begin to understand that verse that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because God is looking for fruit. But that fruit has to come from that right response. And some of the, the issues then that become part of our walk, unfortunately, and we all go through this, um, we begin to understand that if we do not obey, then that's actually what we're, we're teaching others, that they don't have to obey. We read through the scripture, it says that you're, you, know, you priests are now teaching everybody that you don't have to respect the altar of the Lord. So when we lay down our lives, when we restrict our flesh, when we hold back that anger, when we hold back that lust, when we decide to, to choose and honor God in what he's called us to do, to do something he's asked us to do that might not be comfortable, that's the kind of honor that God is looking for. Because it's born out of an understanding that, no, God, I know you. And I know good things are going to come. So next slide, please. 
this is the part that I, I just kind of pulled out of that, that, uh, that scripture. And, you know, God put in my heart that there's a lie involved with this. And that lie is that obedience is optional. But we understand that obedience does not come, or I'm sorry, obedience is, does not come before salvation. Obedience comes after. It is a product of salvation. It is a desire in your heart after seeing the amazing grace of God to lay down your life and you desire to honor him. Does it mean that it's going to happen, you know, where your whole life gets cleaned up in one day? Absolutely not. He's going to start just like he, he, he took the, the, uh, the Israelites through the wilderness. He's going to start one village at a time. One place at a time through your life, he's going to start to tear down those idols. He's going to take away the things that, that are hindering you from seeing him. And he's going to remove the obstacles so that you can see him in the fullness of, the, of his glory and, and revere him and honor him the way that you were designed to. So the cost of living in the flesh and moving forward in faith and obedience is going to be death and decay. So the next slide, please. So this is Galatians 6. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. We pay a price when we choose to live in the flesh. We pay a price when we don't believe that we have to honor God. But trust me, we're in school. It's okay. God is going to teach us through the, the long haul. That's why Paul also said, fight the good fight of faith. You keep coming back to that, wait a minute, God is good. Wait a minute, God is going to provide. Wait a minute, God, through his Holy Spirit, is going to give me the power that I need to overcome this. And it's also keeping yourself plugged into a fellowship, keeping yourself plugged into uh, a life group so that you're constantly around other believers that are going to encourage you and spur you on and move you into that place of victory and power. Amen? You need that. We need that. I need that. And it doesn't matter how old in the Lord you get. A stumble can be inches away if we're not careful. And we have to speak into each other's lives with love and reverence, knowing that each one of us sitting here next to each other are precious in the eyes of God. He loves you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to understand how amazing he is so that you can respond in that way where you can, you know, just like our worship, it was awesome today, where he is uh, through you working through the Holy Spirit, through that sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, he's working through you that worthy praise, that worthy honor. Because it's not just about standing in church and listening to some songs and lifting your hands. The display of true honor and worship is how we live our lives. Next slide, please. For if you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if... By the Spirit, you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. It's a process. That's why, you know, sometimes I'm thankful. I'm like, God, thank you that you've given me years <laughs> to, to become sanctified. Because we're stubborn, amen? Who do we honor the most? 
We do. Like I shared before, the, the, at the altar of me, myself, and I. That's our favorite place to worship, right? So whatever comes our way, it's always an attack against who? Us. But when you begin to understand it and what it means to honor God and die to yourself, then the attack is no longer against us. Because what did Paul say? He says, a dead man doesn't feel anything. If you're dead to this world and to sin, then the only person that can be offended through you is God. And that's when you begin to honor. And that's when you begin to obey. Because you realize, wait a minute, that's dishonoring to God. And you say something. You do something. You act righteously in that moment. Because regardless of how you feel about it, God's going to cover you. Amen? We all have issues. We all have things happen to us. But invariably, almost every one of these tests that we have in life is because God wants to see some fruit. He wants to see us make that choice. Are we going to lay down our pride? Are we going to lay down our fear? Are we going to lay, lay down our desire so that God gets honored and glorified, even if it costs us everything? That's the goal that God wants for us. Because just like I've shared before, when we begin to display that kind of obedience, we're displaying agape love. Because we are then beginning to lay down our lives for the sake of the brethren and the sistren. Amen? <laughs> Next slide, please. So, Jesus calls us to walk together with him. And this is where I want to challenge us. Because this is where God challenged me. Jesus said, I am the, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, if, if you're going to come after me, you must pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Part of that following is understanding the cost. It's understanding what we have to agree to in order to walk with Jesus. Salvation is free. But obedience is not. It costs us something. It's going to cost us our pride. It's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our energy. It's going to cost us our obedience. Amen? Next slide. So who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who did not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have their right relationship with God, their Savior. This is out of the book of Psalms. Again, I want you to understand, Jesus fulfilled this for you. But you can have this for your own by faith. Step into it. Walk with Jesus. Know what it's like to climb the mountain of the Lord and have that pure heart and be able to meet with God the Father on the top. Because that's where you begin to see the glory of God. And that's what begins to spur you on and help you walk a life of honor. Next slide. So Jesus is our faithful messenger. But anyway, I'll just continue on. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it if I did. Again, we got to go back and understand that Jesus, remember 
in the scripture that I read out of Malachi, we read out of Malachi, it says that if we don't honor God, a curse will come against us. Jesus took the curse. Because the word says that cursed is anything, anyone that, that, is, that hangs on a tree. So Jesus took that curse for us. And if we walk in faith and obedience, we have his. So we have to make up our minds, truly, whether we're going to honor God or not. And I'm here to tell you today, after many years of dishonoring God, it ain't worth it. Our stubborn, foolish pride is not worth the cost that it's costing us. It's not worth it. It's always going to bring death, and it's always going to bring decay. God promised it. And I'm here to tell you, it comes through every single time. There is not one time that I've chosen to dishonor God where I got away with it. Or there wasn't some circumstance or uh, consequence. There's always a consequence. And sometimes the consequence might be subtle. It might be your heart just grew a little colder towards God. It might be, oh, I don't have to go to church this Sunday. I can worship God from home. But then you don't worship God at home. You just do your own thing. That is how you can tell whether you're honoring God or not. Next slide, please. So here's the good news. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this was the other thing that, that God showed me through this process is that we protect our sin, right? Think of it when you have a wound, right? Say you got, you know, a wound on your hand or, you know, something exposed. What is the thing that we, that we do? Especially if you, you hit it and it cuts you and you're like, right? You cover that wound up and you protect it. But you know what God shared with me? The wounds of sin, God does not want you covering those up. He wants you exposing them leaving them bare so that he can come in and dress them and heal them. God doesn't come in to cause more pain. However, the healing process, just like we understand in the natural, right? We have a wound. Usually we got to go to the doctor and get it taken care of. Or at a minimum, you know, Wally over here at the FHP will put something painful on your wounds and makes you make you cry. But that's often the case, right? But didn't God say in his word, better are the wounds of a friend than a thousand kisses from the enemy? Let those wounds heal the right way. Expose your sin. Talk to somebody. Get it out in the open. Don't let it fester inside of you and continue to cause you to live an ungodly life dishonoring life. It's not worth it. Trust me, when you release all that stuff, the love of God will begin to flow over you. 
His mercy and grace will just cover you. And as you feel that lightness of, of breath of, from the Holy Spirit cleansing you, then you begin to see God for who he is. You begin to see him as the one that has taken away our sin. And then honor becomes something you want to do. You're like, I want more of that. Because it's better than anything on this earth. That relationship that we have with him is better than anything on this earth. Amen? So next slide. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Next slide. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Next slide. So Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He is the faithful messenger that is referenced in Malachi. And I am the worst of them all. This is Paul speaking. How many of us have felt that way before? I'm just the worst sinner of all, God. I don't know how you're going to forgive me. I don't know how I'm going to get forward. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. That's the other reason why God wants us honoring him is because as we honor him, it causes others to want to honor him too by our example. We lead the way. We're all called as leaders of some kind. It just matters where are you leading people. You know, don't come in here and, and worship God and say praise the Lord and then walk away and do something different. I've done it. It ain't worth it. Next slide. So here's, as I close, these last two slides, I just want to cover again, and I'll, this is what I want to really drive home. When we receive God's mercy, this is how we are called to respond. This is what I really captured out of this set of scriptures, that we are to respond in awe, in awe of what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. But it's got to be something tangible. It's where you have taken a step of faith, and you've trusted, and you say, you know what, God, I think I'm going to believe you. I think I'm going to take a chance here because you've brought me to this place of surrender, and there's so much stuff in my life right now that I need healing in, I need, I need forgiveness in, I just want to lay it down. And when he does, that's that act of repentance. And then comes the obedience. Because out of that awe and repentance, you begin to see who God is. And then comes the honor. When God says for you to, to, to resist your flesh and do something difficult, <laughs> you're more than happy to. You're more than happy to wash your wife's feet. And then comes the glory. God gets all the glory, but guess what? Through Jesus Christ, we get, we get to experience it. We get to taste, not glory for us, but we get to understand, wait a minute, I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve this mercy. I don't deserve this grace. 
I don't understand it, Lord, but I feel the glory. I feel what it means to worship you. Next slide. So this is where we're going to close. By walking with him. Remember I, I shared earlier about how, how can two walk together unless they are in agreement. We have to understand that God wants, number one, to purify us. That's the respect. God wants us to worship him. That's the reverence and the relish. God wants us to, just like a good meal, we sit down and, you know, we can, you know, we, we love to have our, uh, uh, our uh, what is it, uh, our meetings where we get together, we eat the lumpia and the caliguin and, you know, they put, put your favorite food in there, right? Right, you know? And no, I'm not talking about pickle relish here, okay? I'm talking about relish in the sense of, I mean, your mouth is watering. You can't wait to, to put, you know, okay, I know everybody's hungry, right? See, God, God's connecting the dots. <laughs> but that's what it means. You begin to relish him. You, you hunger and thirst after him. You want to be with him. You want to please him. And church, I don't want you ever to think that God is just saying, just out of rote, uh, obey me or else. No. The law is the law. God fulfilled the law through Jesus Christ, and he has now freed us into the law of liberty. It's a new covenant. And we actually begin to serve him more than any priest ever could in the Old Testament. We're not bound to all those old rituals and all the things that were the only result, as we know, through the, uh, the Apostle Paul, was simply to expose our sin. Though it was a schoolhouse for us to understand there's something wrong. Because all those commands that God gave, it's like, for some reason, I don't want to do any of them. Right? Because if you think about back to your old life, the only reason you obeyed was because you had to. Or something bad was going to happen. Or somebody was going to think something bad of you. Or you're going to be embarrassed. But if nobody was in your way, if nobody was going to know, we did it, right? We did whatever we wanted to do. As long as you don't get caught, that's fun. But the moment you get caught, yep, you better obey because there's going to be consequences. And finally then, after we respect him, revere him, relish him, then we can faithfully represent him. We draw others to Christ because by our actions, we honor him. Amen? Amen. So we're, we're going to go ahead and pray. Worship team, you can come on up. Father, we just come before you today, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice that you gave. Because you already saw, Lord, and, and it says it in your word, that you understand that we are just flesh. That we aren't really able, Lord, to shoulder a whole lot. That we're weak, that our knees are very feeble, Lord God. And we thank you that the, that sacrifice that you made, Jesus... You walked that road of obedience for us. You provided the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, 
to be the one that teaches us as our tutor what it means to honor you and walk in obedience. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if today you just need prayer for courage, courage to step forward in faith and just finally lay it all down and let God be the one to take up your life. Let him be the one that comes into your world and brings his amazing grace. If you need that prayer this morning, just go ahead and raise your hand. And at the same time, I don't want to leave out anybody here this morning that maybe you're realizing for the first time what the gospel really is. That it's not a demand on your flesh. It's not a demand on your actions. It's a demand on your heart for you to open your eyes and see the king of glory. For Jesus says, I am a great king. Open your heart and let me in. See me for who I am. That I am the humble servant. That I'm your sacrificial lamb. That I have provided for you a way of escape. That if you lay down your life, pick up my cross and follow after me, you will have eternal life. And if that's you this morning, just go ahead and raise up your hand and I will pray with you as well. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you this morning for each one of these individuals that answered, Lord God, and the many more that maybe are answering in their heart. Father, bring your presence into their lives. Bring your power, Lord Jesus. And thank you for those that are surrendering a little bit more of their lives to you this morning and the understanding of who you are, Father. For we just want to honor you and we want to praise you in everything that we do, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if anybody had made a decision for Christ, uh, just please go over here to my right at the table at the end of service and you will be greeted by somebody that will help you. Amen. <laughs>